politics without the soap opera with unfiltered constitutional conservative truth. The Conservative Review with Daniel Horowitz. And welcome back, fellow American patriots and Minutemen standing at the ready to fight for liberty on a moment's notice. This is Daniel Horowitz back in the house for Friday. And we love Fridays because I am worn out and drained between fighting as one man doing the work of a thousand people and then having a, our baby daughter is just regressing at nine months old. She's still getting up every every two hours, screaming her head off. We love her dearly, but oh my gosh, I'm so tired. I am drained. I'm burnt out. But at the same time, I'm reinvigorated by some of the things I've experienced this week I want to share with you. As mending as they are, as dark as they are, they do show a path to light. And I'm going to start off today's show by doing what I rarely do, what everyone else in this industry does, is talk about myself so I could not talk about myself in the future. Who am I? Well, you know, you guys are all going to have a chance to come out and meet me. Those of you who signed up at constitutioncoach.com for the defense training, concealed carry training, at Front Sight, Nevada, we're all going to have a good time learning about the Constitution at night, shooting from 8 to 5 with the best trainers around in the business. A lot of former military, special forces guys, all patriots. That's truly our constitutional sanctuary out there. And the class now is is full, but again, you get the 90% discount for all their classes. They have dates in March and June, a couple other times. So I might be out there again. Can't guarantee it, but certainly a good time to organize get together at constitutioncoach.com. But I'm just like you, except you guys, most of you had real jobs your whole life. I never did. I worked in politics. But the difference is, unlike some of my colleagues that I think make a little bit too much money and they feel a little bit too cushioned from what is going on, they don't feel a sense of urgency to fight. This is what really concerns me. They just don't feel that sense of urgency. It's eerie as we watch this this uh, blitzkrieg of Joe Biden pushing and pushing and pushing. And obviously he's a dead corpse. As I said, the lesson here is it's not it's not a one-man show it's that they have a movement that was able to put this in place this is what i called for when trump took over and i had plans i had ideas but i'm the one always flying around on a helicopter looking at all 50 states and the feds all branches of government and finding the opportunities for us independent patriotic conservatives ordinary americans of what we can do to better our predicament here, safeguard liberty, return freedom, create economic opportunities, secure property rights and our national sovereignty, secure our culture, and yet there is nobody around. It's just utterly bizarre that we don't have anyone speaking to us. I mean, it's like this guy is punching us in the face a hundred times and there's no pushback. It's eerie. Is anyone out there? And one after another, I'm spearheading ideas and movements. Some of them catch fire. Some of them don't. I have ideas. Maybe some of them are good. Some of them are not. But I'm in this because I want to make a difference. And I I don't understand why there are so few people. If you had 20 more of me, 
We could do a lot more. And this is why I need you guys. So we have our Minimum Speakeasy page, our Minimum. I eventually want to bring that to maybe MeWe or one of these other platforms. We'll see what the best one is. But we have to grow a movement where we have maybe a group of a few dozen of us in each red state at least, and then divide them up into different counties and issues. And like I said on yesterday's show, the lesson is that the left has a movement in place where there is not a single sub-issue of a major issue in a single county, in a single state, in a single agency that they're not on top of, that they're not pushing as hard as they can. And yet we don't have a single issue in a single place where we have that. And it is so easy to do this. And I'm going to give you examples. Yes, we have the media and culture against us. Part of that's because we seeded the ground a long time ago. But there are still so many issues, given that the left is so radical and they're not self-aware of how out of touch they are. We always have an opportunity to push back, maybe not on every issue, but on many issues. But we can't find leadership on a single issue. This is the movement I want to create. And let me give you, give you an example. Let me give you a few examples. As we speak now, Larvita McFarker, my good friend from Lind, Minnesota. It's western Minnesota. She's in court again, of course, through Zoom. And they're threatening to throw her in jail or severely fine her or who knows what. They already took away her. Uh, license for a restaurant. She's a single mom. She happens to be black. And I the only reason why I say that is because Republicans are so obsessed with like, you know, countering the left's narrative by them racial pandering. So my point is, here's your opportunity to actually do it in a principled way. And I can't find help for her. I can't find better legal help. And I'm thinking... This is the nightmare scenario that the founders envisioned. What if our government would turn on our people and literally arrest them for owning property and for earning a living and supporting her four children as a single mom? Biden is out there promoting more food stamps and welfare today while cutting off paychecks. You can only get a food stamp and not a paycheck. Single mom business owners their money is getting sucked out to, to Amazon and, and uh, Walmart and in the restaurant industry, the chain restaurants, while they're the ones who have to pay a fine. Why, why is there no... This is an easy messaging issue. It's not a tough issue where the public's kind of brainwashed and you have to reinvent the wheel. The data is there that restaurants do not spread. The notion that you could have Walmart open, but not these restaurants open. People understand that. It's a very populist pitch. The notion that even if you have, people forget this, even if you have the right to somehow shut down a restaurant and totally confiscate their money, and you feel it's for the public need, the public good, there's something called the Fifth Amendment. The takings clause that requires just compensation. Why is there no takings clause lawsuit? Because we don't even have lawyers on the right focusing on normal things. 
that's part of why you're not going to see lawsuits against Obama, uh, Biden, not that they're going to succeed anyway with all these executive orders. We don't have a movement. Why are all the governors, the congressmen from Minnesota not speaking out? I don't hear any of them having a rally and standing around a restaurant and say, we, are, we will not allow her to get arrested. This is America. You're not going to bring in illegal aliens while criminalizing single mom Americans for opening a business. You're not going to do that. Is it, is it that hard? Oh, Daniel, you're, you're like a right winger. I mean, this is like, this is, we can't get this done. What? How hard is it for the entire phony conservative movement to use all of their platforms and, and leverage to stand up and look at people like this dirtbag judge, Sarah Gruen, in Ramsey County, Minnesota, and say, you ma'am, you health department workers, you cowards who sit and work on Zoom, you get your paycheck through the use of taxpayer funds, and then you use that paycheck to terminate the paycheck of other people that don't have the luxury of working on Zoom. Why should they take it on the chin for the entire nation? That's what the takings clause was for. That a small set of people shouldn't have to burden what is considered a national need. And this certainly is not. But in their mind that they think it is. Is it, is it that hard to argue that? Property rights. Listen to the content of this show and tell me what elected and non-elected Republican and so-called conservative figures do you ever hear speaking like this? Speaking this passionately? Speaking to the law, the Constitution, the morality of our views like the left spe- speaks to the supposed morality of their immorality? We never see that. Small businesses are getting crushed. We actually have a populist pitch that's not socialism. It's It's real. You know, Bernie always talks about, you know, redistributing wealth, like giving handouts to the small from the big. We're not for that. We're for stopping the government from using regulations and and confiscation of small businesses to give to large corporations and give them a monopoly. I want to talk about that monopoly soon. But I also want to introduce you to today's sponsor, Bambi, speaking of small businesses, you know, it's hard running a small business ever. Certainly now, HR can kill you, all those stupid government regulations. What do you do when you have five, seven, ten employees? You're not going to have an HR department. Wrongful termination lawsuits, minimum wage requirements, labor regulations. Believe me, you're going to have that on more than ever now. And look, HR manager salaries aren't cheap. Who has $70,000 to hire someone? What if I told you that Bambi could be your HR department rather than $70,000 for basically $99 a month? So it's about $1,200 a year. They give you a dedicated HR management manager. So it's the same person. It's not like you call a hotline, you get a different person. It's assigned to your company to craft HR policy, maintain your compliance, all for $99 a month. Um, look, I'll tell you from onboarding to terminations, they customize your policies to fit your business, help you manage your employees day-to-day, 
month to month, no hidden fees, cancel anytime. I know when I'm focused on my issues, I can't focus on anything else. I need my wife to deal with my printer breaking down on me. Like, you know, I'm all in the zone. And when you're starting your business, you're focused on 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 your your bottom line. You need an HR person. You get a seventy thousand dollar HR manager for just twelve hundred a year. Go to Bambi.com slash conservative right now to schedule your free HR audit. That's B-A-M-B-E-E dot com slash conservative. Folks, now is not the time to worry about HR and government regulations. So what I wanted to get to today, again, is another example of how easy it is to fight back civilization issues on a state and local level. All these Republicans, all these conservatives that have their ear. I'm going to share with you some of what I've come up against the last two days. And the good news and what it demonstrates is lacking in the movement, but at the same time, how easy it is to reconstruct. Let me give you two examples. So we have this National Guard business. Even Politico, Politico broke the story of the National Guard being kicked out by Pelosi from sleeping in the Capitol to sleeping in a garage with one bathroom for 5,000 people. And everyone was outraged. Even the left was virtue signaling. Now, to them, they were coming from a different angle. The reason why they reported on it, because it's like, these are the guardians of Pelosi and the Congress from the right wingers. So suddenly they care about them. You know, when BLM folks were literally throwing racial epithets at both white and black um, guardsmen last year, they didn't have anything to say about that. And when they were abused at our border, they didn't have anything to say about that. But now they suddenly care. But the point is, the story got out. So the media was actually on our side here to a certain extent. This was an easy story. It's a slam dunk. Nobody wants to get caught not out virtuing each other on how they're going to support the National Guard. And there's a broader question as to why the hell are they there after the inauguration? I thought this was to secure the inauguration. Whoops, I guess not, as I warned. And I started this movement even before the inauguration Tweeting at governors, how could you allow your guardsmen to be used as Biden and Pelosi's private junta while they're abused and purged of their ideological views and discriminated against? Are you going to stand up for them? This is not getting rid of the great society, folks. This is not a tough issue. This is the art of the achievable. This is something the governors control. The messaging is easy. The story writes itself. The media is even trying to raise outrage over it. You could crush Biden. Within five seconds, if we had a movement, you could have had a feverish pitch level of a news cycle pushing back against this, and Biden would have been put in a pickle. But it's very, very slow. And we got, and, and, and look, it's working. You know, of course, it starts with people like Ron DeSantis. He said, look, these aren't Pelosi's private servants. I'm, I'm calling them back. Greg Abbott called them back. But why only two? Why do we have to beg these guys? Notice how every time the Democrats find an outrage that they think 
something is outrageous or we're doing something wrong, even if they're the ones who are outrageous. They have every single Democrat, every single Democrat ally in an NGO, in the media, yapping about it full speed. And here it takes someone like me to initiate that point. I wrote the first article on it. I was like, look, it's under the auspices of the governor. I wrote the juxtaposition to the way the governor's acted with the, with, you know, the border deployment and the rioting deployment. The story writes, it, writes itself. And then it seamlessly begins to push back against the right-wing terrorism narrative because it's like, hey, we've had uh, two weeks since January 6th There hasn't been a morsel of right-wing violence while there's insane degrees of Antifa violence all over the place. But we have silence. Silence. Why do these governors even need to be prodded? That's number one. And number two, why does it take someone like me to do it? And number three, someone like me is not enough in number and in influence. Where are all these like holy and you know who they are? People that get, you know, over a million downloads on their shows and whatever and have millions of Twitter followers and because they're respectable enough, Twitter doesn't purge them like they do me and shadow ban me and make sure my stuff doesn't get anywhere and I don't get followers. I mean, I'm not complaining, but my point is these guys, why are they not... Why don't they feel a call to duty? I do. I do. If I wanted to earn money, I would go into something else. But these guys, they earn millions, and they just don't do anything. I mean, this is the fraud that has been the conservative movement, so to speak. The whole CPAC get-together crowd. For years. This is why we are where we are. Like... Imagine if, I don't know, you're standing by and a guy every five seconds just punches you in the face. He kind of walks by and like with a smile on his face, just like, you know, very um, glancingly, hey, you know, like, you know, and then he walks away and comes back, you know, a minute later and does it again. You know, the first time that happens, like you did what? And I mean, you cause a riot over it. But imagine you do it 20 times and you don't say anything. It becomes normal. And that's what it is now. There is no reaction. The left knows that there is nothing they could do that will get them into a point where they're going to reach any sort of resistance. They know that. And for good reason. But again, we're starting to gain momentum. But this is why I need you guys. I'm just one person. One guy in his 30s with four young kids, a beautiful wife, You know, I don't have all the answers. I don't have all the life experience. I want people in a movement I could look up to. And I really don't have them. That's what's so sad. I don't know everything there is to know about national security and healthcare and fiscal structure and the way subdivisions and states are, are, you know, worked out and legalities and what we can do and can't do. I need help. I need help messaging and pressuring and, and, you know, pushing and pushing. Which leads me to my next story. So, a couple days ago, 
maybe, well, maybe it was yesterday I published, I spoke about it on the show a couple of days ago. I wrote a story about a school district in Anchorage, Alaska, based off of a prominent conservative blogger, one of the biggest, I guess, you know, most famous bloggers there on the right, that wrote a local story about a school where she she took pictures showing kneeling pads, so where, like, preschool kids will kneel on the ground and, like, play or work out of a chair that's made a desk. And the point I was trying to make, like, I want, it was a catchy headline, you know, hey, you know, children being made to kneel in school, like child abuse, while they're masked all day. And my point was, this is happening in Alaska, which is a red state. You know, we could blame Biden, could talk about the Democrat Congress, but we have the most radical, dystopian ch- form of child abuse that wasn't even going on in North Korea before this year. It's happening in Red America. And and mind you, the, the kneeling with the desk thing wasn't even a big deal for me. The mask is much more, is a much bigger deal. Covering a child's nose and mouth the, the entire day. But we've become such fools and impotent losers, all of us, that we've become so acculturated to this that it doesn't even shake people. So that's why there's nothing really new about this story. They're doing all sorts of universal masking and all sorts of weird, like, freaky looking child abuse type of setups in these classrooms that will traumatize kids and retard their development and you know harm their behavioral and psychological development for years to come but i harped on this just cuz it was a good headline just to get people's attention and actually the good news is it got attention and the governor's office the governor went berserk Governor Dunleavy. Because I dropped one. It wasn't really about him. It was mainly about the ubiquitous child abuse in the schools. And the point I was trying to make is that now is the time to fight it. Now that Democrats are forced to admit now that Trump is gone, of course. So now they have to go and say, oh, we need we need to go back to school. Republicans need to not allow Democrats to co-opt that message and understand that opening doesn't mean Sending kids to school like a concentration camp, it means sending them like human beings. And if you don't, it's worse than not having schools open. And the same data that shows it's not a problem shows it's not a problem to open normally. And that's the message that every red state governor and mayor needs to make. And I just name dropped and I was like, look, you know, there's a Republican governor there. How does this go on in Alaska? I was trying to pressure which is what we need. If people like me don't push the supposedly more conservative governors and figures in the right direction, no one else will. They're only going to get the pressure from the other end. I am the movement, basically, unfortunately. So it's weird. Like I, I guess I was the most prominent voice nationally that raised concern about child abuse in a given red state. I mean, when this has been going on forever, it wasn't even such a big story and like Daniel why are you attacking us the left is attacking us the Murkowski folks are trying to recall us you know because he has a recall election because you know he went against the liberal budget and I I understand like he's actually one of the better Republicans I get it but that's my point if you are act and then it was the excuses no it's the liberals and well first they're saying it's not true the story but then 
It is, but it's the leftists in Anchorage. Daniel, don't you know Anchorage is controlled by the liberals? I know. But there are enormously important lessons they don't understand here. So you have the governors, the Republican governors like Mike DeWine and Holcomb in Indiana and many, many more that are just straight up fiendish, satanic, progressive dirtbags. But then you have the better Republicans that like deep down, they're like, yeah, this is kind of stupid. Why are we doing this? They don't want to really do it. So they don't issue like a statewide lockdown men and mask mandate. But basically, they allow all of the localities, which which in every state account for 70% of the population, as it does in the greater Anchorage area. And essentially, you have a de facto statewide where almost anywhere schools are open, you have to wear a mask. You essentially have these restrictions everywhere except the most remote parts of the red state. Okay, so that's, that, that, that's all we gain out of having a Republican governor. And my point is, what I find amazing is that when there's a Democrat governor... Done. Locked down. There's not a single county that could be caught dead being freer, um, you know, having not having a mask mandate in particular in the schools. They all have it. There's no, well, Daniel, they control the localities. No, they threaten to cut off funding. And remember, a sub, th- th- there's different arrangements state by state, but in all states, a subdivision of a state is much less independent from the state than a state is from the feds. It's not an equal proposition. It's a, it's a legal subdivision, but the governor is the governor. At the end of the day, you're the most powerful bully pulpit, if nothing else. You could sue the district for, for lawsuits. You could, and, and again, like there is no precedent of masking children. There's no statute. Well, Daniel, the, lo, the, the emergency laws, the locale, locals have control. It's not true because there is no such emergency law. It's a contested thing. You have to contest it. It's a gray area because we've never done this. And you have to stake out your territory and say, no, you don't have control. And you write. And and, and here's what happens. Every time I go after these guys, especially if they're like small state, you know, Republicans and you have a national voice like mine. And and by the way, you can imagine. Imagine if you had someone of the level of like Ben Shapiro or something doing doing this. You could really make headwinds. And, and, And the good news is they're paying attention to me. And they're always yelling at me. I've had this my whole career. Daniel, it's not true. It's not true. We're fighting. We are. We are. We agree with you. Why are you attacking me? And I'm like, don't tell me that. Tell your constituents that. Boy, you were in the witness protection program. I never knew you were so on on my side. Thanks for telling me. I didn't know. So I offered. I offered the office. I said, look, do you want to write an, uh, give me a statement? I'll put an update on the top of the article that you find this is horrible and you're going to go after the mask mandates in Anchorage and you're going to have a lawsuit for them violating because there were special needs schools, special needs students, ADA, OSHA, IDEA, IDEA, right? That's a, a federal law that you have to have the least restrictive environment for special needs students. And I haven't, I, I, I made a generous offer. I made an offer. I said, come on my show. I'll make you a hero. Tell me all the good conservative things he said you did. I'll, I'll, we'll talk about it. I'll, I'll give you the floor. I'll, I'll let you host it the whole time. We're, we're starving for leadership. I, 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 don't, I have no need to tear someone down. The best thing is if we can have an existing Republican turn out to be good. 
And we don't have to go through a primary. That's awesome. And then the third offer, I said, come to the blaze and write a separate op-ed on how, how terrible it is to mass children. But you know what? I haven't been taken up on that offer yet. And I kind of have this sneaking feeling that he's a little bit scared to go after masks, even for children, which is such an easy messaging. Because even the Democrats are saying there's a growing consensus is no problem. But this is what Republicans do. They let them off the hook. They allow Democrats to ignore 10 months of science and human rights and shut the schools until literally the day after Trump is gone. They're like, okay, now we're opening, but we're going to muzzle our kids. You cannot imagine the developmental factors in that, what that does to children, the fear they live with when there is no problem with them. They're not vectors of spread. Nor do masks work anyway. I cannot think of anything more. It's not even communist. I don't know what it is. It's never happened in all of human history. Gagging kids, literally. And we can't get red state governors to fight back against the localities doing it. Even in word, if not action, in op-eds. In TV interviews, lawsuits, using the data. Mind you, Article 3, Section 16 of the Alaska Constitution tasked the governor with enforcing constitutional violations um, against subdivision governments. But, you know, that's neither here nor there. It's always excuses. And then they're like, Daniel, I am a conservative. Okay, I'd love to hear it. So why is it only me in a private call when you're upset that I wrote something, that all of a sudden you get wee-weed up, where's that passion on the playing field? I don't need to hear from you in the post-game show. I want to see your plays on the field. Nothing. Well, Daniel, at least I didn't, I didn't issue a statewide mass mandate. And, and folks, this is another lesson. We're wondering why red states are going down the toilet one after another. And what happened was the left... The left wasn't happy to say we're going to get half the country. They went to all 50 states and they start in the easiest areas. So they take the largest city, whether it's Atlanta and Georgia, Oklahoma City in Oklahoma, and they grow there. And then it grows to the suburbs of the largest city. Then it grows to the urban areas of the mid to smaller cities within the red states. And then before you know it, because Republicans refuse to fight them, fight their ideas when, when, when they had the chance, you're basically left without a single red state in America where it's just the most remote areas of a rural state that you have a modicum of freedom. But my point is, if it's jarring the dichotomy between Biden, watching Biden one after another, boom, 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 a dead corpse is able to accomplish, he undid Trump's entire presidency plus new stuff that wasn't there even before. In 24 hours, foreign policy, domestic, energy, you know, fracking. No, I'm not going to end fracking. Stop lying. It's like, screw you. I mean, you got to give these guys credit. And then Republicans have governorships, which, which at the end of the day, if you study the legalities of states, governors technically have more power in the state than presidents have 
or should have based on our structure nationally. There's much more checking and balancing going on there at a federal level. Governors are pretty powerful. It varies by state, but in all states, they're really more powerful within the state than the president is nationwide. And suddenly, oh, Daniel, what do you want? I'm trying my best. The left is attacking me. I don't need you attacking me, too. And I wasn't even attacking. I was just, you know, encouraging. I was saying, look, you know, do something. I wasn't blaming him for it. But if this is the best we have, where are, where are we headed? It's always excuses. And I'm talking about on the easiest messaging issues. If you're too scared to go after the mask mandate in totality, go after it for, ch- for young children, special needs children, ADA at least. Start from somewhere. Nothing. Nothing on that. Nothing on standing up for single mom business owners being thrown in jail. And nothing on the National Guard being abused in, in order to declare martial law. Except two governors. But again, the good news is, just like when I went after the North Dakota governor, he only has like 6,000 followers on Twitter, so kind of easy to overwhelm. I went after him. And you know what? Two days later, he allowed the mask mandate to expire. I'm one person. Imagine if we had a movement doing what I do every day. I can't do it alone. It's not going to go anywhere. I could inspire. I could write ideas. I could help. For every one of me, there are thousands upon thousands of people on the left doing what I do. That is why the country is where it is. I understand some shows will be a little bit more entertaining versus activism driven. And everyone has their style and that's fine. People listen to different shows for different reasons. But there's got to be an element of these people that have more influence directly with these Republicans from the sheer magnitude of their audience to direct them to where the fight is and what could easily be done. If all we're doing the next four years is just lamenting what Biden does rather than somewhat being inspired by what he does to act with equal and opposing force in the areas where we have power. When I say we have power, I don't mean we are Republicans. Republicans are the enemy. But I mean where we are the majority in the constituency and at least these governors, depending on who they are, care what we think and and look i give the alaska governor credit at least you know you know if i would tweet this at dewine he wouldn't care you know he cares but you got to do better you can't take it personally so for the record i'd be happy to have him on the show anytime you know and he he did some good things on budget and they're, the left is trying to recall him, and the Murkowski rhinos are going after him. But again, Mr. Dunleavy, you got to understand that there's no such thing as lukewarm hell in politics. Once you are regarded as a right-wing enemy by the left, you as may as well get your base and try convincing people in the middle from the prudence of your policies and being strong on them rather than just being like, oh my gosh, I'm being recalled. I'm just going to be quiet. I won't do a mask mandate, but I'll allow a mask mandate to grow like a cancer in 90% of Alaska and lockdowns and, you know, what could I do? I don't like it, but I'm too scared. I mean, that's not, it's not going to get you, you're not going to win that way. 
And then also at some point, what's the point? Like a lot of my friends, they would all often use like wartime analogies. This guy's getting cut down, like he's getting mowed down. He's fighting for his life. But no, he's not. It's, it's a job. It's politics. Right. Why, we, we don't care about getting elected. At the end of the day, the point is to do stuff. And, and you know, you, you have to be prudent. You can't get 100% of what you want. You have to pick your battles. But if you can't plant a flag on there will be no child abuse that's against human rights and science in my state, if you can't plant that flag, I don't understand what the purpose of winning the election is. Then we're lost anyway. If we're at the point, we're not even talking about Atlanta and Nashville and Memphis and you know these other like red state big cities and you know uh, Columbus and Cleveland and Indianapolis and whatever, but Anchorage. If we're allowing that to fall, which I understand it has, it's become very left. Then we don't have anything anyway. But part of the reason why those cities became. You know, obviously, a city was never like a county, but there, there was, even most of my lifetime, a big difference between a Nashville and a Memphis than a San Francisco. And now Anchorage is literally, I mean, there is no difference between Anchorage and, and San Francisco. And that's because we allowed that to happen. With refugee resettlement, we allowed the left to take over the education system. When Republicans own the state departments of education, they did nothing about the cancer. They went along with it. It's funny. You have a county, the, the few that even talked about it, in a state with a mask mandate that we're not going to have masks on children. Right away, the superintendent of education in the state, like, dude, we're cutting off funds to you. Why aren't we seeing that the other way around when the governors don't want a, a mask mandate in the state, but some localities push it? And the answer is because there is only one side on the playing field. I just don't know, folks. And, you know, I'm actually distracted as I'm talking here. I'm getting a email from a longtime listener who's from Florida, West Coast. Fort Myers area used to be very conservative. And he had a 17-year career as a paramedic, and he... He was, he's been going, he was suspended a while ago. Now he's been officially terminated because he was caught a few times on the street making calls or whatever, not wearing his mask. I, I just, I, I don't know what to say. Um, I, I, I mean, my whole life we've, we've been talking about abortion, gay marriage, guns, taxes, border... Spending, budgets, debt, culture, different issues. I, I never would have thought, none of us would have thought before this time last year that there would be any movement to literally muzzle a human being in the most physical and sensitive way, insensitive way, that one could ever imagine and that if there would be such a movement, it would succeed in all 50 states, and there would be no organized, effective movement on the right, even in the most conservative parts of America, to treat it as immoral, illegal, and illogical as it is. 
And then if you would have told me that would have happened, that still nine, ten months later, when the data incontrovertibly showed it didn't matter, they would still not do anything more. I I don't know. I it's God's ju- judgment, but I don't know. Do you know what a juggernaut the ADA and OSHA and things like that have been? Like, we have turned schools upside down for if one or two kids have a peanut allergy or this or that or, you know, whatever. And I'm not making fun out of it. I'm just saying, like, it's become a whole industry, this special ed and everything. And, you know, rather than kind of targeting the needs, often they'll upend an entire school, very expensive, cumbersome and disruptive mandates. And yet... When it comes to the religion of masks, it's like, dude, I mean, it's more than than ISIS level Islam. Like, there is no ADA. There, you know, my, my mother-in-law is um going through the stages of cognitive decline. And my father-in-law took her to get her driver's license renewed. She doesn't drive, but and she needs it for ID. And by the way, that's a that's a whole other story. She can't get blood tests. She needs like blood tests. She couldn't get it because she didn't have a driver's license that was valid. But you could vote, of course, with without it. But and Republicans can't stand up to that. But anyway, I digress. So anyway, she sat there. She had to wait for two hours online in the cold as an elderly woman with health issues. Because of the stupid voodoo stuff of the vermin government. Couldn't wait in the car because you lose your place in the line. No cries. Oh, I'm a good person. Virtue signaling. No, no, no. Because the media doesn't talk about this. So I don't know how to be a good person if the media doesn't tell me what that means. And then when you get in, the entire purpose of government now is not to issue those services that frankly, are for things that they require. You know, you need the license. It's to obsess about masks. So as she's doing the thing, you know, she doesn't I mean, she, she doesn't even understand what's going on. You know, the mask slips down a little bit, and, and they yelled at her so many times. She didn't even understand it. May these people burn in hell forever. And that is why there is the ultimate... Supreme law of the land, the ultimate court of justice that is taking stock of what's going on here. But we're gonna, you're, what you're going to find more broadly headed forward, even the governor of Michigan just announced that indoor dining could start in Michigan. That's how evil and satanic these people are. That they pushed these lies. That their stuff works. Just so they could screw up Trump. And look, it was his fault in part for going along with it. And all the phony conservatives and Republicans that didn't stand with people like me and rational ground from day one in March. But now they're going to get away with gliding in. Now, look, I'll take freedom however it comes. But there's going to be a catch. Folks, watch what they're going to do. They're going to change policy 
on the things that affect epidemiological metrics so they don't look bad and in fact look good like things are getting better. But the control that they're not going to change. So in other words, like this, they'll have schools open because they can't afford to have them close, but they'll have the child abuse. They'll have businesses open because they can't afford to saddle Biden with a terrible economy. But you'll have the masks that will never go away and all the regulations and restrictions. They'll go and make sure they're now lowering the CT level of the PCR tests so the case numbers go down magically so they can get credit for curing the problem. But the tyranny won't go away. They'll have their cake and they'll eat it too. And they'll eat that cake and they'll enjoy it with the icing on top because the damn freaking dirtbag Republicans will let them have it. Even in the states they supposedly control. I don't know what it's going to take. But all I'm telling you today is that it's not that hard. It's not that hard. You get a movement behind what I'm pushing, you could easily have 15 states that are beacons of freedom. We could all move there. You'd have self-sorting. It would it would create a momentum. It would get better and better. And then it would rub off on some other states that are like, hey, why are we saddled with this? And we'll ultimately come to the most prudent, peaceful solution that everyone knows deep down needs to happen. But you know what? No matter how bad it gets, the grifters will have to grift. The talk show hosts will run their mouths. The writers will write their books and sell them on Fox News because this is all a game to them. I just, I don't understand it. I don't understand where their soul is. I could relate to the left more. Their soul is devilish, but they have, like, they actually fight for something somewhat abstract and believe in it. These people are just bankrupt. This phony right, this phony Republican Party. Look, we're going to talk about some of this in the future, how to, how to get going with this, how to fight back the mask mandates at a local level. We're also going to talk about next week, I want to get into a little bit, fighting back on open borders and illegal immigration at a local level. But I do want to say, folks, it's going to require, we can't sit and have the left Destroy the Constitution. And then we're like, well, Daniel, could a state do that? Like, you get kidnapped, okay? Someone just grabs you. It's not your fault. Like, they just do it. And then in order to get out, you have to break a window. Well, are, are, since when were we, were we for vandalism and breaking windows? I don't know. Are you sure we could do that? You have these thumb suckers. We are at a stage when we need to do everything, especially when it's, Peaceful means of fighting back. And I don't need this thing, oh, is it lawful, while we are only confronted with it from an unlawful executive order of Biden nullifying immigration laws that he himself voted for and passed into law. Oh, Daniel, could a state just kind of do what they want in immigration enforcement? Well, could a state do what they want on inviting illegals in in a sanctuary? No. Could a federal government nullify immigration laws without passing it through Congress? No. 
So you better believe states could protect their sovereignty by upholding the existing federal laws on the books. I don't want to hear this garbage. But look, I hope we had a productive week here. Send this show and others to every friend and relative you know. This is a growing new movement, an independent movement that's independent from the rancor of the two parties, which is frankly, which has frankly merged into one. They're all about the same thing. None of them care about us. They all want to make money. It's just one party is able to implement their agenda while making money. The other party just makes money and hoodwinks conservative voters to empower them so they can make their money and then stab them in the back. But follow me on Twitter at RMConservative until I leave there. Miniman Speak Easy is our Miniman page on Facebook. You could request an invite. Follow me on Rumble at Harwood Citizen Sanctuary. I'll be putting out videos. You know, I put out a couple this week. I'll put out more next week in the coming weeks. We'll try to produce them a little bit better. Once I get a producer, then you could follow me on Gab at Daniel underscore Horowitz. Have a terrific weekend. Cherish your family, your faith, your community. And let's be back here Monday, same time, same place, to keep up the good fight.